Now therefore, Tetnai, governor of the province beyond the river, Shethar Bozanai, and your associates, the governors who are in the province beyond the river, keep away. Let the work on this house of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews rebuild this house of God on its site. Moreover, I make a decree regarding what you shall do for these elders of the Jews for the rebuilding of this house of God. The cost is to be paid to these men in full and without delay from the royal revenue, the tribute of the province from beyond the river. And whatever is needed, bulls, rams, or sheep for burnt offerings to the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, or oil, as the priests at Jerusalem require, let that be given to them day by day without fail, that they may offer pleasing sacrifices to the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and his sons. Also I make a decree that if anyone alters this edict, a being shall be pulled out of his house, and he shall be impaled on it, and his house shall be made a dunghill. May the God who has called his name to dwell there overthrow any king or people who shall put out a hand to alter this or to destroy this house of God that is in Jerusalem. I, Darius, make a decree, let it be done with all diligence. Uh, David said, be brief. Telling prophets to be brief in itself is a very good thing. Okay, I'm ready. So, so I was praying for the, the 5778 and the 2018. Oh, the Lord gave me two words that I really did not want to hear. And so I've labored over this, and this is, I'm just going to share it. John 3.30, he must increase, but I must decrease. There is much good and bad in our world right now. And the two words that the Lord gave me was sorrow and sacrifice. The first word sorrow came to me as he showed me this beautiful woman dancing in worship. And I said, Lord, she is so in love with you. Oh, the Lord said, yes, she is. But she would not give me her whole heart. She would not share her sorrow with me. I said, Lord, what sorrow? He said the failed relationships, the words of prophecy that have not been fulfilled, the losses of relationships, the prayers that never manifested, the miracles that never happened, those sorrows. He said, this year is a year of double doors, and the door I'm going to kick is that door of sorrow. He said, I, your Lord, your husband, the lover of your soul, I want to embrace your sorrows. All of your sorrows should come to me, not be hidden, not build fences around them to protect them. It's okay to be hurt, sad, and even angry with me, Linda. He said, but I want your full, whole heart. All of it. Amen. The good, the bad, and the ugly. He showed me that too many of us wear a mask and behind our sorrows, deep sorrows. Jesus wants 
in in this year. He wants in. He's going to open those double doors, I'm telling you, if you're willing. The second word was sacrifice. I was reminded of the many men and women that came through here this summer. Brother Sadhu challenged us to pray for the president and to begin praying and fasting. I was led to Joel 2. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. I sense Jesus said, what are you willing to sacrifice for the kingdom seed of your family? What are you willing to sacrifice for the kingdom seed of this nation? Dunkin' Donuts and a cup of coffee isn't going to get it, Linda. Sacrifice means being uncomfortable. It means dying. It means sometimes pain. He said in Joel, they gave all their heart through prayer and fasting. Temple sacrifice was the burning of an animal on an altar. The feet were cut off first, and then they gutted the animal and put it on the fire. That is sacrifice. It is not comfortable. Mark 12, and to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, which is more important than all burnt offerings. Jesus said his love is both sacrificial and obedient. His love was death for us. So too should be our love for our neighbor. We must be willing to sacrifice in the new year. He says when we take offenses and divide the body of Christ, it hurts him. When we isolate and avoid those we don't agree with, it hurts him. He said when we seek to justify our alienations, and our divisions and choose to go walking around looking yet again for another fellowship that meets our needs is not meeting his. He wants us, whoo, he showed me one time when we were praying in here, I said, Lord, about the worship and everything we do, he goes, what happens when I knock all the walls out? What happens when Moravian Falls is one church? Every Baptist, every Lutheran, every Episcopalian, every Christian meets in the field. That's my church, Linda. What are you willing to do for that? Get a little uncomfortable maybe when I knock the walls out? He said, he's calling us into deeper sacrifice. We must be willing, we must be willing to surrender and give up some of our fixed ideas and we must be willing to break bread with our neighbors. God bless us. So, um, I had a couple things that I was praying about this week when Pastor David asked me to share some stuff, but then this morning, it's like I'm picking up a couple other things. So, um, one of them, I feel like, the Lord is going to be tuning our ears to hear his voice. Um, I was walking back here 
behind the um, sound booth, and I heard a deep, manly voice say my name. And I was like, um... <laughs> I turn around and I'm like, is this a joke? Is somebody trying to trick me? No, the Lord was like, no, I'm just tuning your ears. And so I feel like he's going to be tuning our ears to his voice. Um, the second thing I picked up on was there's going to be breakthrough in addiction. The spirit of addiction is going to be broken Amen. this year. And the number eight, I know it's 2018, the number eight is new beginnings. And so it's like this past year has felt like, like you've been, like, like we've been in a cocoon, you know, we've like a caterpillar and then we're in our cocoon and it actually liquefies and then it turns into a butterfly and it opens up its wings and then it flies, but it doesn't let go. It still hangs on to the cocoon until it's ready because its wings have to dry. So I feel as though this past year has been um, that, tra that transformation period. And then I feel like this year is gonna be a lot of breakthrough. Um, it, it, I, do, I do feel like there will, it will be hard, but it will be good. You know, like when you give, you know, and I, and I think about like birthing, you know, and it's like you have your contractions and your labor, labor pains, but then once you birth it, it's like, whoa. So I feel like the Lord is also gonna be releasing that. This is gonna be the year of birthing like birthing things and so don't get discouraged in the the pain and the hardship of that because the result is going to be beautiful so yes how do you follow those guys up they're amazing so i don't check my email regularly so i just found out about this five minutes ago but fortunately the Lord is gracious and he speaks to me. So this morning, actually, I was standing over there in the corner and I started weeping because I had this vision. And um, the vision goes with what the Lord told me to speak to and actually goes in line with what everybody's already said. So I'm standing there and I was driving here this morning and my car wouldn't start. It's freezing. I just got back in Florida, so the cold is more frustrating than normal. <laughs> and um, I'm driving here this morning and I said, Lord, you've made me a lot of promises this year. This year you said a lot of things are going to happen and they haven't. And I was upset. And I was sitting there in the corner and I'm trying not to get emotional, so forgive me. I was sitting there in the corner and the Lord said, am I, am I not still good? And I said, yes, of course you are. And I said, but I feel like I'm in a holding cell. And I went in this vision, I saw this cell. There's this tiny little box and I feel like that's where a lot of Christians have been. It's like, God, the promises you have made me are so vast and so huge, but I'm stuck in this little tiny place and it's uncomfortable and it's painful and there's nothing here for me. I feel, I feel empty, I feel drained. I feel like I'm just pacing back and forth and my life is spent doing this. Like what's going on? I don't know what's happening. And I feel like the Lord is coming to say, like Linda said, because in that room, it was four walls, but I saw one of the walls just slam open and this light poured in. And it was the Lord opening the door. He was setting, setting us free. He was setting us free as captives. And I feel like the body of Christ, what we've been struggling with so much lately is that we have all this vision. 
We have all this wonderful prophecy, but we don't have action because we're discouraged. And I hate that. I hate that for us. I hate that for Christianity because we serve the one true living God. We serve the only God who is alive, who is real, who is capable of doing these things and causing us to break through. But this year, I feel like it's going to change. I feel that word that we got from Josh, where he said that old proverb that the Israelites used to sing, where is the God of Israel? All these prophecies don't come to pass. But this year, I really feel so deeply in my spirit that the prophecies that we've received, the words that we've received, the visions that we've had, are going to start coming to pass more rapidly. And it's, I feel like it's going to sweep us off of our feet. Um, let me read out of Psalms real quick and then we'll be done. Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications, because he has inclined his ear unto me. Therefore I will call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compass me, and the pains of hell get, get hold upon me. I'm sorry, I'm trying not to cry. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord, and the Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord persevered the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with me. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, and mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I was asking God about this, about what uh, what He had for this year, and uh, I was actually walking in the woods when He gave this to me, so I, I had to check to make sure that this was really what, what He wanted me to to, to share. Um, he said He's going to talk to us more this year in, through nature and in nature than we, than He ever has. But we need to be observant and we need to watch for it. We need to check when we see things. Like last year, we had a hurricane come through or a, a tornado come through and take trees down. He's talking to us in nature in so many different ways, but he wants to talk to us more in nature. We just need to be observant and pay attention to it. And I'm thinking, you know, is this, because I was walking in the woods at the time this came to me, that is this just me or is this what God really wants? So I, as I got back to the house, uh, I checked a little, uh, the first thing I looked at was a little story that my wife had sent me that was written by a man from uh, Alaska that she actually met here in Moravian Falls. But um, it, it's a, a story about goats and sheep. You know, in Matthew 3, Jesus says that he's going to separate the goats and the sheep. So if he's going to separate the goats and the sheep, that means they must, we must be together right now. In order to get separated, you have to be together. So there's going to be a, a separating, and you know that, that leads to the next question. What, what is different between the goats and the sheep? The, the, in, in Alaska, these goats that, that he was referring to, are uh, they're white. They, they both uh, hide up high so that they can get away from their enemies, but they all, they're always looking down, so they're vulnerable from attack to, to, from above. So in many ways, the goats and the sheep are alike, but they're also very different. The, the rams, the male go, uh, sheep, will hang out in a band of brothers. There'll be a group of males that are hanging out together, and this group of males when it, whenever they lay down to sleep, there will always be one watching. They're always watching out for one another. We've got to be watching out for one another. The, the, the rams, um, sorry, the, the goats on the other hand, the billy goats, will go off solitary by themselves. Also, the billy goats 
they they will uh, butt heads only in breeding season. But the billy goats have just strong pointed horns, and when they butt heads with each other, they often inflict damage on each other. We need to be careful not to flick, inflict damage on each other. The the rams, on the other hand, have a circular horn, almost like a crown, and they. But the rams will butt heads all year long. They'll go at it all the time, but never inflicting damage because their horns are around it. What are we supposed to do? Iron sharpens iron. We need to be sharpening each other. When you see the rams walk off in a straight line together, you're going to see the older, more mature ram in the front. Now they're all together. They're all important. They're all going to be there. They're a band of brothers. But the mature needs to be in the leadership. needs to be in the front but they all need to be part of the group. Um, uh, additionally, as, as a hunter, this gentleman was saying that, that the, the meat of the uh, goat is much tougher and much more bitter, whereas the, the meat of the lamb is sweet and tender. We need to be careful that our words are not bitter and hurting one another this year. We need to work together as a group we need to be sharpening one another. And God is going to give us things that we need to be watching out for through nature. We just need to be observant and watch watch out for what, what he's got for us in nature. Amen? Um, this morning, uh, I'm just going to tell you what I saw in the pre-service prayer. I walked into the prayer and, you know, you, you just stand there. But this morning I cupped my hands. And when I closed my eyes, I saw golden grains of wheat being poured out from heaven in a big stream, and they were pouring into my hands, but my hands never overflowed, and it just poured and poured, and it was the most beautiful horns of wheat I've ever seen. It started for him. He was 70. 
70. Okay. And, and so now, and he's not after a ministry. He's not after a name. He's not after a title. He's not after being known. None of those things. But he, as he's visited, you know, he's seen people with uh, iron braces in their body disappear. He's seen blind eyes open. And so, and he's kind of just getting started. Where did that come from? You know? So I feel like the Lord is catching up with, with things that have been seemingly delayed. The other thing is, um, it seems like that God is making himself known in deeper ways to those who have loved him and followed him for years in the last few months. How many would raise your hand to that? You know, you know that God is doing that. And that, he's doing that all over the earth. He is bringing us in by his love and his power. Those of you who have stood for a long time, you're coming closer. Which is much, just so much of his grace. Um, there will also be times, I believe, uh, in the world. I just kind of saw a picture of this, of the enemy trying to hide the things that God is doing. And God is going to start taking away this um, demonic sort of shield from the world. That even the world is going to say, oh my God. You know, they will know it is God. And there will be no mix-up. They will know it is God. And we will see this uh, coming to pass. Also, I think the, the manifest power of God, um, and unusual manifestations of God, will even start more at the end of 2018 and start moving more and more in 2019. Um, the Lord is just going to raise the church up. He's going to do it. Church has fought a long time. We've had a lot of mistakes, and I understand this. I mean, have, you know, there's a scripture that talks about um, Peter's in a boat with uh, Jesus, and they, they meet eyes, and Peter said, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. Get away, Lord. That kind of death, yet, yet when we say that, and when we have that revelation, Jesus only draws closer. <clears throat> Amazing thing. Amazing thing. And also I want to say this too. I'll finish. There must be a preacher left over or something. But um, the Lord is going to take away a lot of the power of witchcraft and warlocks. He's going to decrease that in this coming year. More and more, um, they will encounter the power of God. And that will increase in the number. says righteousness. He said there's too many people that want the results of righteousness but don't want to live the life. Or walk a walk of righteousness. And he's talking about his presence to me.
And to this ministry specifically, he's talking to us about our attitude. And he said, uh, this week he spoke to me about, his, he said, I associate myself with two creatures, the lion and the eagle. And some of you are going to the other side. But you can't take some of the stuff that you've got on you right now with you to the other side. The eye of the needle isn't because it's so hard to be rich and go to the kingdom. It's because in the old days, the camels wouldn't always come through the regular gates. They would unload them and there would be a little area where they would bring them through. I can't remember what the reason was. And the camel had to kneel to get through the hole. And it had to unload all the baggage. God's telling us that we have to unload some of our baggage. He's basically saying to some of us, get over it. It happened. Amen. 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 So God's saying, get the mindset. Get the mind of Christ. The eagles fly higher than the other birds. So if you're busy flying next year and you see ducks and pigeons, you're too low. You're flying too low. You're at the wrong altitude. Eagles fly alone too. Some of you guys have been hanging out with the wrong flock. Amen. Amen. God is a lion. The lion isn't the biggest in the jungle. It isn't the heaviest in the jungle. It isn't the fastest in the jungle. It isn't the wisest. The elephant is bigger and wiser, but the lion is the king of the jungle. When the lion comes to the water hole, the elephant moves. The lion is an eater and the elephant gets eaten. God's saying, where is your mind? He said, I'm looking for lions. Since to some of them I am the lamb at certain times. But he said, coming in 2018, I am the lion of Judah. And I am the all-conquering lion of Judah. And he said, my people that will be doing my works will have the mindset of the lion. Amen. That's what he's doing to us. That's what he's doing to his people. Because the enemy that's in parliament and in the government and in the nations, they've got, they've got pride in them. They've got their own confidence in their demonic ways. God wants you to have confidence in his word. He's trying to tell us, don't worry, the battle belongs to me. So why don't you have confidence? Have faith in me. Have the mindset of the lion. Amen. Amen. So he said, my presence. Get into my presence. Uh, Moses said, after the Lord said, I will go before you. God's telling you, he's going before you. He's preparing the way. And Moses said, Lord, I will not go anywhere unless you are with me. That your presence is with me. Amen. So we come to 2 Samuel, where David falls into the problem that he fell into with Bathsheba. But what happened, the Bible says that after what happened, they defeated the, the, the sons of Ammon. That the time for kings to go to battle came. The time for kings to go to battle came. But Joab and Judah and Israel were all out. Uriah said, how can I be here with my wife when the presence of God is in the wrong place? Some of you are going to find yourselves in the wrong place, but it's going to be the right place. And some of us that are complicit are going to be in the right place, but we're going to be in the wrong place because the presence of God is not there because we're meant to be in the battlefield. And some of us are staying at home and we're getting lazy and all of a sudden the devil is shining some lights and showing us some things we shouldn't be seeing. God's saying, stay in my presence. And this is the word that he gave for 2018. And this is in the Bible, so it applies to all of us. Um, Song of Songs 2. Um, let me just read this quickly. Give me a bridge today. No. Do you guys want to hear this? Yeah. Okay. 
I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. As the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. As the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good this year. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love, Jehovah Nisi. He's going to cover some of us. Stay with me, flagons. Comfort me with apples, for I am sick of love. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand doth embrace me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that you stir, that you stir not, not up, nor awake my love, till he please. The time is coming. The Lord is being stirred up. Amen. Here's the last few verses. My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one. This is the Lord speaking to you. And came away. For lo, the winter is past. The rain is over. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing of the birds is come, and the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. The fig tree put forth her green figs, and the vines of the tender grape give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away with me. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Back in August, we heard the word from Brothers to do five words, put your house in order. And this is a word for America, the American church. And we've been given a period of grace through Donald Trump. We don't know whether it's three years or seven years, or we don't know the time. Um, there's a great provision coming in 2018, but it's to put our house in order. It's to fund the great harvest. And there's also Joseph's, we're supposed to start gathering. So we got a lot of Joseph's in this congregation. We've got a lot of harvesters in this congregation. That's what the, the great uh, financial, the, you know, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. And that's coming this year. Uh, just before hurricane, what was that first hurricane that hit uh, Texas? Harvey. Um, I was two days before it hit, I was cleaning my yard and I found an old Coke bottle upside down. You know, the classic Coke bottle that's, you know, iconic with uh, Coke. And I picked it up and looked at it. It was from Corpus Christi, Texas. It was really beat up, it was dirty, it was upside down. And kind of like, you know, how Harvey kind of brushed, it kind of just brushed Corpus Christi, the body of Christ. So that Coke bottle kind of represented the condition of much of the body of Christ. Upside down, dirty, and not very relevant. And I believe if we're gonna take on the harvest and be Joseph's, that Coke bottle needs to be cleaned up, it needs to be put in the upright position so that it can receive, it can receive something from God and then be relevant for the great harvest and for the purposes of God. Thanks. Transformation. Transformation is, uh, you know, God specializes in transformation. Uh, turns lumps of coal into diamonds. That means with heat and pressure. But uh, I believe the Lord spoke to me that transformation is huge this year. And I got the words to a secular song. Some of you may remember it. Um, he said, I'll take you there. I'll take you there where no one's ever gone before. Do you want more? Do you want more? Yes. Then jump for my love. 
Jump for my love. That's what he says. Transformation. And when the Lord uh, was speaking that to me, he told me about a week ago, he said, James, I want to take you where nobody's ever been before. He's told me that before. You know, the whole Star Trek thing, uh, go where no man's ever gone before. I was I actually had a dream one time, I'm going to tell you, but where I was in a, a Star Trek episode. I mean, it was really wild. I'm being serious. And it was prophetic. It was about my daughter's birth. But anyway, uh, he wants, us, he wants to take us where nobody's ever been before. But he said, James, unless you let me transform you and bring transformation into your life, I will not be able to take you where I want to take you. And that was huge. And I, just one scripture real quick. And this has a lot of um, uh, parts to it. But... Uh, you remember Jesus said in John 13, he said, little children, yet a little while I am with you, and where I am going, you cannot come. So he went on, and Simon Peter got kind of worked up about that, and he said, Lord, why can't I not come with you? Why can't I come with you? And he said, I'm ready to die for you. And uh, Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. He couldn't go where the Lord was going. Peter couldn't handle it. What was revealed about Peter was he denied the Lord. That was what Peter didn't know was in his own heart. The Lord is saying, if you don't let me transform your heart in places that you don't know, I can't take you where I want to take you. And uh, I feel that very deeply. But he specializes in transformation. And in Acts chapter 5, you see Peter's shadow healing people. And he does get, uh, uh, he does go on into the crucifixion with the Lord, right? So anyway, amen. Praise God. This is just real quick. Last year, we were asked to what was the word speaking into 2017, and it's the same word going into 2018 that we need to be stewards of our words. Um, because the word that we speak is, is so powerful. It can speak life or death into our own lives. And it's been a struggle this year for me, and I know it's probably been a struggle for everybody. So, um, But may our words be few and God's words be greater in the few words that we speak. So I just pray that everybody keeps that and going forward that our words would be few so we could speak on it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you guys. I, I wanted those guys to speak. You know, it's always, you, you get under the anointing, you don't want to keep to the two to three minutes. And that's okay. You know, but, uh, you know, it's kind of like the elephant. You know, the blind guys, you've heard the story that, they all went to an elephant and they felt a certain part of the elephant and tried to describe what they saw. They all described something different. The same elephant. And we want to hear it because the Lord's speaking to the body. And no one has all the loaf. You know, he's the bread of life. And we see through this glass dimly. But I want to share a few things that I want to get to where we can pray for everyone that wants to be prayed for. Because it's important to put aside the old year and begin a brand new. I got to say one thing though, you know the church is the pillar and support of the truth. 
When one of our elected officials go out on a limb and they speak the truth, the church needs to back them up. With the support of the truth, I'm so glad right now we have a president who is not politically correct. I know some people don't like his tweets. Well, I would rather him be a tweeter than a political partisan who has nothing to say except what everybody else is saying. And, uh, you know, those who forsake the law, they, there's a contention with the wicked. Or those who keep the law contend with the wicked, the scripture says. And this thing about global warming, I'm so glad the president tackled it. Many, few people want to tackle it in the church. They're afraid of being called crazy. But if you know what the Bible says, you know exactly Genesis says that there'll be up into the end. It's a covenant. You know, there'll be cold and there'll be hot. And, uh, you know, the seasons to the end of the age. Global warming is a, one of the great lies of the... In fact, man, you just walk outside right now and you can figure that out for yourself. Did you see in Minnesota it's going to be... I saw the other day, minus 31 below zero. That'd be a good place to be from. But not to be, you know, at the time. And we're going to have a cold week. And I heard, I saw where one dog actually froze to death. But um, did you guys know that? People don't know this. In 1899, the entire Mississippi River froze to the degree that ice actually flowed into the Gulf of Mexico. Now, I'm from that part of the country. I didn't, I'm way before my time. But let me tell you, that would be serious, cold. And with many scientists who actually are not afraid of the politically correct globalist crowd, they will tell you we're actually moving into cycles. And we're actually moving into a colder cycle. So make sure you have some long johns for this season over the next many years. And there's going to be warming, there's going to be cooling. But anyway, I wanted to say something because I'm not going to be one of those that's quiet while our president is on the front lines calling a lie a lie. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. Just now, if you're a global warming person, it's okay. You can go outside and you will find that it's not quite as hot as you thought. But I'm not just mocking because it is a dangerous, it is, a, it is one of the deceptions of the end of the age. They're going to be lies. That's why when the new Jerusalem comes, you know what will not be found there? Lies. The Bible has a lot to say about it. Lies in the last days. And that's why Jesus said, take heed that no one deceive you. And there's a great deception. That's just one lie of many, many. And we get to be a pillar in support of the truth. Say amen. amen. And if you can't convince someone that it's actually not happening, don't worry about it. Lead them to Jesus. The Holy Spirit will lead people into all truth. And the truth is not just knowing the facts and the figures. The truth is knowing a person. Right? So we're not going to get hung up over that stuff. There's no reason to be divided over that. And uh, Shirley's sister is a big global warming proponent. And, you know, but we love her. And we will love her no matter what. But uh, so anyway, I just wanted to tweet from this pulpit this morning. <laughs> you know, I, you guys know I, I love to, to preach when God gives me a word. He doesn't give me a word to me. It's like the worst thing. You send me somewhere else to Alcatraz or something. I'm not, you know, when you don't have an anointing, 
You know, just to say stuff, to say stuff is for the birds. If you say stuff for him, if you preach as of the oracles of God, you know, you're going to impact the earth, regions, people. I've, I've always believed that. Somebody in my past told me, when you preach, you preach as if you were speaking for the living God, because you are. And I don't know, somehow that stuck. And so, you know, there's a certain fear of that, too. You don't want to, to be a part of leading people astray. But let me, well, I said all that because the next two weeks I'm not going to get to. And that's why I was urging these guys to hurry today. But next week, Andre's going to be here. If you guys have a chance, come back. This guy from the Ukraine, he has the fire of God. He has an anointing to break addictions. Okay, addictions. So they're going to, that was a word. These were many, were words of the Lord. And then the next week, my friend Heath called. There's a man coming in the region named Tommy Combs, and he has ministry on TCT Network, Direct TV, one of them. But anyway, he has miracle, he does these miracle crusades across the world. And I was asking the Lord about that. Well, Lord, that'd be two weeks in a row. I don't really, you, you know what, I don't like to go two weeks in a row. He said, well, that's not up to you. Could you imagine if miracles, listen, we've got to walk in miracles in this hour. And so real, the men that God sends around should be equippers and there will be an impartation. So I'm going to believe there will be power this year to break addictions and there will be a, an anointing for miracles. I believe God that was spoken. It's about time to see that. Quickly, you'll hear this later. Miracles, they're progressive. Some, you know, it takes a while. There's an unfolding. Then there's the instant. I mean, the instant is what usually we want. Right? Then there's the extraordinary miracles. We're going to see that. Then there are miracles that require obedience. Is that scripture? How do you know it is? They had to do. They had to go into the pool and such or go wash. And then miracles lead to salvation. Because it's a great tool for the harvest. But then also miracles should just accompany the preaching of the word. So if you need a miracle today, you don't have to wait for Tommy Combs to come. Today is the day. Our God is big. He's going to show you how big He is in 2018. If you've had a, a little God, you better really quickly dump that. You know, somebody said we don't have to agree theologically. You can dump that theology. He's not a little God. He's a big God. And He's going to show Himself strong to those who put their trust in Him. So anyway, you guys with me? Can I let her rip a little bit? You know, I wanted to let all these guys go. My heart is full. I really appreciate their passion. We have some amazing people in this congregation. You only heard just one sixteenth. There's many others that have deep callings and anointings. And um, you couldn't get them all up here. One, I mean, you'd never. You'd get everybody up here. We would. We would be here till next. We would be here till global, global warming comes back. <laughs> After this global cooling. They say it's going to be setting in over the next so many years. But you know all that, saying all that, it doesn't matter what you believe about global warming or cooling. You do know that. You're not going to go to hell if you believe all that stuff. You just name the, keep the main thing the main thing. But we will confront deception and design. We're not going to back down. Because the greatest lies in all of history are reserved for the last days. Whether you think that's one or not, it's not the issue. The key is there will be. 
great deceptions. And so we're to raise a banner of truth, and they will call us crazy, so be it. How many of you don't care if anybody calls you crazy? How many of you do care? Some of you do care, I'm telling you right now. The reason I know is you won't stand up for some of the things you know is the truth. So just get ready to stand up. Philippians, let's go. Philippians chapter 3. Take just a, a few minutes. I want, to, I want us to publicly declare some things. And then we want to pray over everyone that wants to be prayed for. But it's really important that we read these scriptures. Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 6. Actually, verse 7. Say, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, you better be. I don't want to be by myself up here. But though none go with me, you've got to have that attitude this year. Remember that old song, I have decided to follow Jesus. Though none go with me, I still will follow his cross. I'll carry it. So we, you've got to have a determination in this year. Before you leave this morning, maybe you could say, Lord, when, they, when he prays for me, Lord, just let a new level of determination, zeal, passion for your son be released. God does that kind of stuff. He really will stir it up, the things that we go after him for. Anyway, verse 7. But what things were gained to me, these things I've counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things. And I count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Now verse 12, not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the decree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us be of the same mind. So Lord, we ask you now to give us understanding. God, we ask for that revelation. Someone spoke this morning about the beginning of a new season of revelation. Lord, we thank you for living in that revelation, the unfolding of the Lord Jesus, the uncovering. And so we ask for understanding this morning, and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. I remember many years ago, this is probably in the uh, late 80s, somewhere around there, was with my mom and dad. We were at our wife's business machines. My dad owned a business machine, sold copiers, you know, uh, calculators, typewriters. I could tell him that funny story, but I won't tell him for the lack of time. I should tell you anyway. My dad, my dad was the typewriter man in our area. So I'm, this was, I was a sophomore in high school. Should I confess this? I should. I snuck in the room during lunchtime because we were going to have a typing test after lunch. 
I snuck in the room and changed all the keys. Because I, I could do all that. I changed all the keys on the typewriters so that when the people started taking their tests, you know, they would. And wouldn't you know it, Miss Hall, the typing teacher, looked directly at me. She looked like she, you know, she knew, she like she had eyes. She must have been watching during class. They didn't have cameras in those days. But anyway, I got in a heap of trouble. I'm the typewriter man's son, and I messed up the typing test. Anyway, I, why, why did I tell you that story? Oh, I remember. I'm with my mom and dad and my grandfather and my grandmother, and I remember saying, man, you know, one day it's going to be the year 2000. And it seemed so long away. You know what I'm talking about? Well, that 2000 came and went a long time ago. And we, can you believe we're 2018? It's absolutely bizarre how time is flying by. You guys are going to see that. I'm telling you, you're going to be sitting here, and the next thing you're going to be in 2020, 2025, 2030. But the things you do today is going to impact what's happening in your life in 2020 and 25 and 30. Choices you make today. There are choices we make, and then there are consequences, good or evil. But we really are in an accelerated time. And so we can expect things to speed up in the spirit. we got a lot of catching up to do. There's a big harvest. Somebody spoke of the harvest. And I immediately thought of the net. Now let's go to verse 7. So let me just point out a few things. But what things were gained to me, these things I've counted lost, for Christ, you know, the things that were past accomplishments, things that we considered valuable, important, the rewards, the milestones, whatever we considered a success. You know, what God considers success is different from what men consider success. What men consider successful, the world or God may consider, you know, not even on the chart. I mean, if you know that, we're going after what God says is most important. And Paul says, whatever things were gained to me, these things I'm going to count as loss. I'm going to toss them aside. That lay aside things that are not important in the eyes of God. You guys ought to have this quote in your Bible. If you don't have it, Jim Elliot, you remember he said, it's no fool to give up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. I mean, if you remember that. You guys over here, you don't remember. You should have that in your Bible. It's no fool to give up what he can't keep. The moment you die, everything you thought was yours is gone anyway. It's no fool to give up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose for eternity. And so we, we want to lay up our treasures in heaven. And then... of Christ Jesus my Lord. And so Paul leaves no doubt. He says, I'm considering all things. Whatever was gained to me, I'm gonna lay it down. And uh, verse eight, there's the goal for the knowledge, the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. There's a goal, we're gonna talk about that in just a moment. He says in everything else, that I've suffered loss of all things and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. 
And you know what rubbish is? What is it? Garbage. It's more than that. It's dung. You know what dung is? Anybody know what dung is? I have to pick it up now every day because, you know, it's going to be cold. <laughs> I'm just thinking ahead. Thinking of a game plan because it's going to be cold here the next, you know, week or so. Really cold. I can't put Jake outside so Jake will be in my... And Riley, we're babysitting my son's dog. So I have two dogs that's going to have to live in the basement there where my office is. My office is actually separated. I have a, a little bit of separation where they can't lay their dung on my carpet. But they will lay their dung everywhere else. You know what I mean? If you say, why are you preaching about dung? It wouldn't be a bad message. We need to get rid of that stuff. Remember that old song? No, you don't remember. It was back during the Vietnam War. I, I wasn't even just a little guy myself. But there was a song that came out, War, what is it good for? Absolutely not. Well, you can say that about dung. Dung, what is it good for? Well, actually, it is pretty good. You can make fertilizer and stuff like that. But anyway, I don't know why I'm getting off into all that, except I'm glad I did because Paul did. He said it's dung. Consider it rubbish. Throw it away. It's not important compared to gaining the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. That's what he's, he's speaking about. And then in verse 10 to verse 11, that I may know him. In fact, he's actually in verse 9 and 10 and 11. He's giving the context, really. And it is knowing him and the power of his resurrection. And I always appreciate verse 10 where Paul said, I know him and the power of his resurrection, but he didn't stop there. If I'm going to attain to the resurrection of, of all that he's called me to, I got to know him in the power of his resurrection, but also I must know him in what? The fellowship of his sufferings. Somebody said sorrow. Sorrow. Well, there's going to be sorrow. There's going to be pain. In following Christ. Whoever told you it was easy. They told you. There was one of the lies. We need to confront. It, you know what dying to yourself will do to you? It'll kill you. It'll kill you. But I think that's the plan. Now. Verse 12 through verse 16. I just want to declare some things over you. And I'm going to have you maybe agree with me. If you do agree regarding some declarations for this year as we go into 2018. And uh, so let's look in verse 12. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected. The first one is, I believe we need to declare is, is that we've really only just begun. We've only just begun. There's much, much, much more to come. I want to declare that over your life. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. In Christ Jesus, you've only just begun. You've only scratched the surface to the riches of His grace, of what He's called and has available for us. Just because someone gets old doesn't mean they, that they, they're not usable. God will just take you on home. If you're in this earth, you have a purpose and a plan. The Lord always saves His best wine for last. 
if we're in the last days, guess what we're going to get to drink from? The best of the best of the best. And so we want to declare and agree that and we'll do that together later. But that we've only just begun. There's so much, much, much more. If you think about it, you've been being prepared all your life for such a time as this. How many of you know that? All the experiences that you've gone through, the disappointments led to God's divine appointments so that you would get to this place where you are today and be ready and be a tool in the hand of God. All right? In fact, just look at somebody next to you. Just look over. Say this. You have been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. Your best days are ahead of you. The greatest purpose of your life is now to be fulfilled. The good old days are not yesterday. They're today. Now look and go back to verse 12. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. The next thing we want to confess is I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to give in. I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. You remember, I won't go there just because I want to save time to pray for everyone, but remember when the children of Israel, they're delivered out of Egypt and they're crossing, you know, the wilderness and they look behind them and guess who's coming? The Egyptians, whom God said he delivered them from. They went out with boldness. I mean, they went out, you know, they believed and then they turn around and here comes the enemy on you know, on their heel. And what did God tell Moses to tell the people? You know, go back to Egypt? No, that's what some of the people were saying. You know, I can't handle the heat. You know, there's some people that remember that old saying, if you can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. There's going to be some heat in this hour. Don't go to church if you're playing games anymore from here on out. Or find a church where the word is not preached very powerfully. You know what I'm talking about. Because it's going to get hot in the kitchen. I mean, this is really the time we've been made for, and uh, there's some great, these are the great days, I believe, that we've been called to live. But what did God tell Moses to tell the people? Anybody remember? Because behind them were the Egyptians, in front of them is the great sea, the water. So they're stuck. God said, tell the people to go forward. Go forward. That's where you got to be. Regardless of what's coming after you, regardless of what's standing before you, the word of the Lord for your life in 2018 is to keep pressing on, go forward. Yes. Amen. Does that sound okay? Yes. We're going to declare that together in a little bit. You know, if the enemy can't stop you, he'll try to talk you out of what God's called you into. And so don't listen, just I'm going forward. If you're falling, at least fall forward. You know, let that be your testimony. Satan, you say, Satan, you may have knocked me down, but I'm going to at least fall forward. Because I'm pressing on toward the excellence of the call of God in Christ Jesus. And then verse 13, he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind, reaching forward to the things which are ahead. 
Number three, I will forget the past and embrace the future. Forget the past. Do you know, under the old covenant, they had to go offer sacrifices once a year. But you know what that did? That caused them to have to remember the sin. They, the reminder, you know their sin. Under the new covenant, what do you do? You lay your sin at the cross. And what does God say he would do? He forgives. And what else does he do? He forgets. As far as east is from the west, you're forgiven. He forgets. And so the new covenant is laid down. Don't cheapen. Don't go back and try to offer some other sacrifice. It's not going to work. It just reminds you of how rotten you are. Agree. I'm rotten. But thank you, God. You've forgiven me by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. All things have become new. I tell you, there are a lot of remnants of the old covenant, even in ministry today, that remind us of our past sin. Listen, my sin's under the blood. It's under the blood of Jesus. Now, uh, anyway, you could go and there's a big, you could stir up all kinds of stuff in that. But I'm not going to stir it up. I'm just going to say the past is the past. It can't be altered. It can only be forgiven. The blood of Jesus is enough. And the present, you can do something about that. And that is stand on the, by what Jesus did for you at the cross and press forward and press on. And don't let anybody talk you out of it. Didn't you just say something? Get over it. That was a word from the Lord. You could have bypassed all that other. No, it was all good. But that was a word from the Lord. I heard the Lord. Get over it. Put it under the blood. The blood is enough. The blood of Jesus. What can be added to the blood of Jesus? Men's fancy religious things. Let me tell you, the blood is enough. The blood is enough. Put it under the blood. Repent. And then the next thing in verse 14, I press toward the goal. Say the goal. For the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, I will go for the goal. And when you're going for the goal, the goal, you're on a journey upward. Remember Jonah disobeyed God and he went down into the ship. You're always going down when you walk away from him. When you walk towards him, you're always reaching up. It's, a, it's you're on the right path. And then there's so much more we could say about all of that. But I'm telling you, God wants us to get in position because this is a year of great advancement. Now, let me just review this and I'm going to talk about a few more things and then we're going to pray. So number one, I've only just begun. There's so much more. There's more in front of me than there is behind me. How many of you would agree with that? You say, well, you don't know, man. I've, I've lived a lot of years. Well, I know there's a lot of stuff, but the riches of his grace, the stuff that God has, I'm not going to settle for the best yesterday. I'm looking for the best that is to come. God's always into new things. I mean, he's, he's new every morning. And then I'm not going to give up or give in. I'm going to press forward. Everybody in agreement say, I'm, I'm in agreement. I'm going to press on. And then I will forget the past and embrace the future. Because the future's here whether you know it or not. 2018 is here, buddy. It's here. All this stuff is coming right at you. 
And you're not going to be able to escape the stuff that's coming. Because God's going to use all that stuff to divide the sheep from the goat, the wheat from the tares, the righteous from the wicked. You know, those who say they know God from those who really know God. The faithless from the faithful. The polluted from the pure in heart. I could go on and on and on. God's going to use all the stuff in this hour to separate the people that are holy and righteous unto him. They're going to go through the fire. But they're going to be a purified, spotless bride. He's not coming for a bride that's in bed with the world. He's coming for a bride that is holy and ready and made white. Ready for him for this great marriage. Do you know there's a marriage we've all been invited to? Yes. You won't be left out if you know Jesus. It's a great marriage. Supper of the Lamb. And then I'm going for the goal which is Christ Jesus, the upward call of God. If, if you forget everything I've said, there's the goal is Jesus. He's the goal. I mean, I know that we, you know, we, we sometimes paint a pretty picture on what ministry is all about. Ministry, forget it. The goal is Jesus. First, Jesus. He's the ultimate. There's nothing higher than knowing him, to know him. And then he goes on in verse uh, 14, or verse 15 and 16, he talks about maturity. And then in verse 16 is real unity. And that's the same mind if you're all seeking the same goal. Okay, here's some other declarations. I will trust him implicitly, absolutely without qualification. I want to challenge you. Make that part of your, your declaration this morning. This year, I will trust him implicitly. Regardless of what happens, I will trust him to the very end. How I many of you would say, I'm, I'm in agreement with you? Yes. You know what Job said? Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. wonder why that's not preached so very much. What if he slayed you? What if he just filleted you? <laughs> cut you wide open? You know, would you trust him? We gotta have that mindset. You gotta have that mindset. You got God, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. I remember Jack Taylor said one time, he was being honest when he was praying. He said, God, with friends like you, who needs enemies? And I remember when I heard that, I thought, blasphemy. And then I started seeing a little clearer. Sometimes it's almost as if he is, but he's not. He's good, and he knows what he's doing. And he's prepared a way. He's prepared something that's good. He knows the future is good and not evil. So though you slay me, yet will I trust it. The next thing, I will give myself to him unconditionally. How many of you would say, God, I give myself to you unconditionally. With no expectation in return. Nothing except you. I give myself to you. I remember when I, years ago, I was attending a conference at Wheaton College. I think I may have shared this, but somebody needs to hear me. And Dr. Stephen Ofer was the speaker. And Dr. Ofer, he was a pastor at Calvary Baptist Church, I believe in New York City, he's from England. 
He led Billy Graham in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you don't know that. But I do, because I was there that day and I heard Dr. Oford's testimony of how he and Billy Graham went off out into the wilderness and the whole subject was the Holy Spirit. Anyway, you know, I was there. I stood in that place. I heard with my own ears what Dr. Oford said. But anyway, there were meetings during the day at Wheaton College. And then that evening, there were meetings where Dr. Oford was going to be preaching in Wheaton Bible Church. And so I went. And I remember it was a Thursday night. And I said, God, tonight I'm going to go. I love Dr. Oford. I'll tell you something else about him in a minute. But I said, God, I'm going tonight. I don't want anything from you. I don't want zip, nothing. I don't want anything. I'm going just to give myself to you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to give myself. I want you to be blessed. I don't want any blessings tonight, Lord. You understand? I'm going to bless you. And in some ways, that was the most powerful night in my, and I can ever remember. Because it was, I, I, I don't know what happened that night, but it was either the next day or that day, I can't remember. It was during that week, Dr. Olford came up and spoke a prophetic word to me that I'm walking in this very day. To this year, I remember a handful of prophetic words. That one I remember because I'm walking in it. Exactly like Dr. Stephen Olford said it would be, it was. And I'm telling you, you should go into this year. God, I'm not, I don't care. If you bless me, I want to bless you. I'm going after you. I'm going after the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And you'll be blessed to overflow. Don't seek the blessing. Seek him. You'll be blessed. You won't be able to handle it. Because his blessings will overtake you. Does that make sense? So I give myself unconditionally. And then I will obey you completely and instantaneously. How many of you would say that? Lord, this year, I will obey you completely and instantly. I will obey you. You know that Revelation chapter 2, 22 says, Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Not those who hear the commandments. I have to share this real quickly, but I remember seeing a vision one time of a lot of people going to church in America. It was a Sunday morning and I saw lots of people running into their churches. It was just a quick vision. And then it's like the services were over and I saw just a few people coming out of these various churches. And I asked the Lord, Lord, what does that mean? He said, what it means is that there are many hearers of my word, but there are very few doers. The doers are those that came out to do what I said they were to do. Well, I vote that we be the doers. How many of you? You guys good for that? We're going to declare that in a moment. We want to be the doers. I don't want to be the hearers only. And then I will follow you wherever you go. That has to be a declaration. Lord, 2018. I'm going to follow the Lamb wherever He goes. Lord, wherever, it doesn't matter. I'm going to follow you. How many of you would say that? Regardless of the cost, I'm going to follow. I want you to stay. Stand up. So just get in a position of declaration, yieldedness, and um, we're going to go over these things together. Is that okay? And let's just declare this to God. Some of you got quiet.
Why are you quiet? You shouldn't be quiet. This is an exciting time. I'm trying to impress. This is the exciting time to be alive in the earth. This is the most, the most exciting time. Some of you read the newspaper and you say, are you sure? Yes. Because this is greater. Do you know this book trumps the newspapers? What God said trumps it all. And I'm not playing on words. I'll just say the way it is. It's his highest. His word will not return void. 